Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, everybody. It's Lon Seibin, and it's time for your weekly wrap-up. And I want to begin first, as we always do, by thanking our newest Patreon supporters here on the channel, We have Jeff Cox, Alex Guy, and Steve Green, who gave via the tip jar. I want to thank all of those folks this week who contributed, as well as everyone who contributes on a regular basis, and everyone who watches on a regular basis, too, because all of those things together equal channel growth. I'm also excited this week because we have a sponsor this week, Fiscal Dynamics. They are a financial planning firm. And they are reaching out to young workers to get them to start thinking about their financial future. This is not just retirement. It's about getting yourself to a place of financial freedom so that you can do what you want uh, versus having to do the things you don't want to do up until the point you hit age 60. And that's kind of what I did. I quit my day job and I started doing a YouTube channel full time. Often following your passions requires a pay cut, as it did for me. So you have to be preparing many years in advance of that passion project to be ready to get yourself to that point, as well as thinking about the things you might want to do when you hit retirement age as well. And that is what a financial planning firm can do for you and it's never too early to start. Trust me on this one. So uh, one of the things that Fiscal Dynamics is offering is a free and anonymous web tool that's going to help you answer two questions. Where am I now financially, and is this good? And from there, you can start thinking about the things you might need to start planning for. And of course, Fiscal Dynamics can help uh, you do that planning. They offer a number of different services here. This is just a few of the things that they do. Uh, So they offer monitored investing services where you keep your money where it is already, but you can get a second opinion on what your current financial people are doing with your dollars. You can also start doing some monitored planning where they help you really uh, take an inventory of your personal finances and look at what you're spending, what you're saving, what your debts are, and develop a long-term cash flow uh, strategy to get yourself out of debt and start putting money away to be able to pursue your passion projects later. They also offer other services like comprehensive investing and planning. Uh, So you can see all the things that they offer here. And of course, you can go to lon.tv slash fiscal to learn more about the firm and what they do and take that free anonymous scoring uh, test about your personal finances. If you mention lon.tv, when you do engage the firm, uh, there'll be no management fees on your first $50,000 investment. So that might be pretty helpful there too. I should mention that Fiscal Dynamics is a registered investment advisory firm. They are legally required to put the needs of the client first. There are no guarantees in investing and all investing has risk. Past performance is not an indicator of future results. So I want to thank Fiscal Dynamics for their support of the show this week. Now on my extras channel, I've got three unboxings for you to watch. We had a New Vision uh, cheap $79 Windows tablet, the Dish Sling Studio, which I hope to review in depth a little later this week, and a little mini keyboard thing that you'll be seeing also this week. And we had a follow-up video on that New Vision tablet, which I'll talk about in a second. I also did a live stream with that uh, Sling Studio device. What it is is a multi-camera switcher that works works pretty much completely wirelessly, which might be attractive to uh, high schools and churches that want to get cameras in different places without having to run wires back to the uh, main unit. It actually worked pretty well here in my uh, studio environment, and I'll be doing a full review of it and showing you uh, how it works completely there. But if you go to my live streams link,
link down below, lawntv slash live streams. Uh, you can watch me experimenting with this thing. It's always fun to do those uh, live streams because you are uh, watching in real time as I try to figure out how something works that I will be reviewing later on on the channel, kind of a behind the scenes look at stuff. I also did a review of that new Vision tablet I mentioned a few minutes ago, 79 bucks, a pretty good deal and actually a pretty nice tablet for uh, the price. A nice 8 inch 1900 by 1200 display on it, uh, very uh, competitive with some of the Amazon tablets that uh, come in around that price point, but it's running the full version of Windows. Uh, we did, though, I should mention before I go on to the next thing, uh, I did try to get Linux running on it. I tried a bunch of different distributions that those of you who are interested in that kind of thing suggested. Uh, really not a Linux-friendly device, unfortunately, but I will continue testing those uh, distros on future devices. Some of those things might get into the review if it does actually work, but if it's not working, I'll do a follow-up video and usually put it on the Extras channel just to keep the uh, reviews at a reasonable length. Uh, we also took a look at an inexpensive, relatively speaking, uh, gaming monitor from Acer, a 24.5-inch 1080p monitor that runs at 75 hertz, has AMD FreeSync, really nice stable stand, about $140 or less if it's on sale. A TN display, but it looked really nice for being a TN display, and you can see uh, my full review linked in the master playlist down below. And, of course, we continued my series here of transitioning away from Windows Media Center. This is part two of probably what's going to be a four- or five-part series. Uh, good news is, is that everything is working very well. And in this video, I was showing you how I installed the HD Home Run DVR recording engine on that WD MyCloud NAS, and I'm hoping to run my entire uh, home media server on. And so far, so good. It's been running now for about five days, and I'm almost to the point where I'm ready to do my encapsulating video to tell you how everything is working and uh, some of the details about exactly what the components are that I'm using here in the house to get it all working. So stay tuned. Uh, like I said, there'll probably be two or three more uh, posts in this uh, little series here for you to watch in the near future. And I also had an interview with a living, breathing human from YouTube. Uh, Tom Leung came on the channel. He's a product manager at YouTube. He makes some decisions about the things that interface with creators. And uh, what he did is created a YouTube channel, kind of a stealth operation, where he's not advertising it with YouTube branding, but he's starting to reach out to creators through this channel to give you some ideas as to the things you should be thinking about, maybe for advertising, but also for SEO and other things as well. Uh, really helpful content because he's bringing on other living, breathing humans from YouTube uh, to talk to him about the things that creators should be thinking about. This is the kind of behavior at YouTube I want to encourage because we do need more creator YouTube interaction here. And this is a great first step. It's an experiment for them, but it seems to be working pretty well. And Tom spent a good 35 minutes or so uh, talking to me about what he does at YouTube and some of the things that they're working on to try to make things better for creators. And I thought it was a very useful conversation. I know if you are uh, concerned about YouTube and their policies, give it a watch. I think you might find it intriguing and definitely, again, check out Tom's channel. Now, if interviews like this are too long to watch on your computer or phone or something, uh, you can download them in audio form. I have a podcast feed. It's on all of the major podcast providers. If you search for Lon Reviews Tech or Lon.TV, uh, you should be able to find me on there, subscribe, and then you can watch this show or listen to this show, as well as get all of these interviews delivered to you in audio format. So that's a good option to pursue. So now it's time for a couple of things that are on my mind. This is now week 20 of me running this channel as a full-time occupation with the pay cut and everything else, and uh, everything continues to be going well. I'm going to be sneaking into New York City for just a day. 
uh, for the Motorola announcement. I got invited to this thing, and they have a new phone that they are presumably rolling out at this announcement, so I'm very eager to see what that's all about. And my philosophy, especially as a uh, budding little business here, is that any time I'm invited to something and I can get to it at fairly little expense, I go. It's always good to be seen and just be able to network with other folks. I've met uh, great creators who are also doing some of the things that I'm doing at these things. In fact, I've met Marcus Brownlee at the last uh, event that I went to for Motorola, and I was sitting right next to him. We had a nice chat. So it's a really good opportunity just to get out and network. So if you are starting up something like I'm doing, uh, you can never go wrong going to the things that you're invited to or anything that is uh, local to you. Just go. It's always good to be seen. And if you show up to enough things, people start recognizing you too. So you can strike up some conversations just by being a familiar face. So a little business tip for you there. And as an old Atari fan, I've been following this new Atari game console that is apparently in the works. And Eurogamer has some more information on it that I'll get to in a second. But if you haven't heard of this thing, uh, this is what it looks like. It's got wood grain. It is legit uh, at least insofar as its industrial design goes. But this is about the extent of what we know about this console right now. They haven't released any specifications about what it's running, what it can run, but the assumption is, of course, that it'll play uh, Atari back catalog games and maybe some new stuff also, but we don't know uh, anything more than that. But we do know uh, how they plan to fund this thing, and it looks like they're going for a crowdfunding campaign as opposed to doing something like Nintendo does, which is take all the risk and build it themselves and then sell it like a normal product. It looks like here Atari is going to be seeing if they can get the fans of Atari products to uh, back this and get it going. I'm not all that crazy about this idea. In fact, some of you viewers agree with me. I posted this on my uh, Facebook uh, page the other day, and Corey here uh, mentions it's kind of strange that a major company, corporation, has to do this crowdfunding project to get it going. Uh, but one of the things, though, is that Atari isn't the company that I remembered it back in the 70s and 80s. In fact, they went kaput in the video game crash, and then the uh, brand itself has been sold and resold a half a dozen times. It's now in France, of all places. So it started in California, but now the uh, brand is owned by a French company. They've had a lot of financial difficulties over the years. They come and go, but somebody always seems to pick up the brand and keep going with it. It looks like the company that owns Atari is actually designing this thing, but they're also also a holding company that licenses out the rights to use the games as well as things like the Atari flashback consoles here that we see every year from a little company called AT Games. And this is not an Atari product. Uh, this one is coming from AT Games, but this is the kind of stuff that they get a good chunk of their revenue from, which is just licensing the brand out or licensing the games that they still have rights to. And uh, there's probably some good money in that, but I don't think they're the huge company that everyone thinks they are. They're a lot smaller than that, which is probably why they're resorting to crowdfunding. Funding. But my excitement for this product just uh, kind of went down a couple notches when I heard about that uh, crowdfunding component. And I don't know if we really need yet another plug-and-play game console. I, for one, would just like to be able to buy these ROMs legally somewhere as opposed to having to uh, look for nefarious sources to go out and play the games that I want to play. So we'll see what happens with this thing. But uh, as of right now, you'll be able to buy the Atari Flashback 8 around the fall. We're going to get one of these in to test, hopefully. There's a Sega Genesis one coming out soon. And we'll see if this Atari thing ever comes to fruition. And I'll give you more opinions on that when we know more about what it is. And now it's time for some Q&A. And our first question here comes in from Chuck G, who's saying that the battery life that he's getting on his $79 New Vision tablet is not the close to seven hours that I mentioned in my review. Uh, he accused me of guessing what the battery life is and wants me to do more thorough testing. And uh, the answer to this question is pretty simple. Battery life is 
going to be different based on every user's experience. And it's hard to say that this device is always going to get seven hours because without knowing what web browser Chuck is running, without knowing what he's browsing on the web, it's hard to say exactly why he's getting less battery life than I am. So I figured I would tell you how I uh, measure battery life. What I do is I uh, run the Edge browser, first of all, especially on these Windows tablets because it is more power efficient than Chrome and many other browsers are. I also turn the screen brightness down to whatever recommended setting it has when you unplug it uh, by its default. So I look at screen brightness being where the manufacturer wants it to be. And I'm not doing anything strenuous. I'm browsing the web. I may be doing some word processing. Might be checking some email, but I'm not going out to YouTube and watching a two-hour uh, session of YouTube videos because that does drain the battery faster than just basic web browsing. So when I say seven hours, I usually say this in the review that if you're uh, not killing the computer, uh, this is the battery life you can expect. When you start doing things that demand more of the computer that of course will result in less battery life. The other problem you have with Windows is that Windows is always doing stuff in the background, especially when you first get the device out of the box. There's a bunch of updates that are downloading and running in the background and oftentimes uh, people will hear their fans running on their laptops pretty heavily uh, the first time they take them out and start using them because the computer in the background is doing all the uh, updates that that computer didn't get in between its time it left the factory and the time it gets unboxed and uh, started to be used in your home. So there's a lot of factors that go into this, more so on Windows devices than you might see on an Android or an iOS device, but that's my methodology. So uh, if you're curious about it, that's where I'm coming from with it. And I always try to tell you what I'm seeing here based on the kind of usage that I do, but especially with Windows tablets, especially with these cheap, low-powered Windows tablets, everyone's mileage is going to vary based on what you're doing. And Ann Varias writes in with a very good question about at what point does my DVR project begin to save money? And this is something that I've been asked a lot over the years that I've been doing this cord shaving thing. Now, I say the word cord shaving uh, because I cannot get much over the air where I live, so I have to keep my cable subscription in order to watch anything here. I've got like one channel that I can pick up uh, over the air, even with the best antenna right now, which is very frustrating because I would like to like cut the cord and just use that, but I'm unable to do that, so I have to keep my uh, Comcast subscription. That's part of the question here. Uh, he's also mentioning that there's a pretty big upfront investment with the NAS device that I'm using, as well as all the NVIDIA Shields, and he's wondering if there's a more budget-conscious option that could also leverage over-the-air content. And one of the things that I did not mention in part two that I've tried to mention in my other videos is that uh, the HD home run devices have different uh, means of accessing content. So they have three boxes that are currently available. Uh, one is the HD Home Run Prime, which is what I'm using in the closet over there. That is for cable systems. Uh, the other two boxes are for over-the-air broadcasts, which allow you to bring uh, the, the programming in exactly the same way that I'm bringing it in from cable. So all the things that I'm showing you work with cable. They also work with over-the-air. And of course, in full disclosure, Silicon Dust is a, an occasional sponsor uh, here on the channel. But what I will be doing in a future episode is looking at ways to reduce that overall upfront cost. And there are ways to do that for sure, because the things that I chose for this were uh, things that I'm using for other purposes. So for example, my server, the NAS device, uh, that is one of the more expensive WD My Clouds because it does really well with Plex. It's running with an Intel processor and everything. But I was running this DVR server for a couple of weeks on a single drive WD My Cloud, for example, and that can really reduce your server cost significantly. So this uh, recording engine is very low impact, far lower of an impact than uh, Windows Media Center required because it did require a PC. Uh, this will run off a single drive My Cloud. Not an ideal scenario, but it works. So that is certainly one way to mitigate costs. And then we'll be looking at 
uh, ways to dramatically bring down the cost of your viewing clients also. It's going to be a fun episode which we'll be uh, exploring. So there are definitely ways to reduce that overall cost, but I really like these devices because I do a lot of other stuff with them, which is why I chose some more expensive stuff. So the NVIDIA Shield, for example, is a great game player and a great media streamer on top of uh, being good for this, uh, this environment here. And I did want to show you the savings that I am experiencing right now uh, being a cord shaver. So, uh, and this is just my initial look at this. I might be able to find some other areas where I'm saving money. So I don't pay the HD technology fee that Comcast charges for uh, their equipment. I'm not getting charged for the AnyRoom DVR service, which is an extra 10 bucks a month. These are all monthly fees, by the way. I'm not paying the $20 a month for the first DVR box. I'm not paying 20 bucks to get my other two TVs hooked up. So I'm saving by my count here about $60 a month on three TVs. And the reality in my house, it's probably closer to four or five TVs because I got the studio one here that I didn't count in that mix. And I've got another TV that we use occasionally. And of course, all the mobile devices too. So uh, I'm getting a lot more devices here without having to pay 10 bucks to add each of those to the mix. And uh, right now, conservatively, I'm saving about $720 a year uh, based on doing this myself versus using Comcast's equipment. So for me, it's a pretty significant cost savings. If I could get more over the air, I could knock out the Comcast TV portion altogether and save a lot more, which I can do at some point. If I ever get a really huge aerial on the house or something and I find that I can get more networks, I can nix the uh, Comcast component out completely, swap in an over-the-air HD home run box and continue uh, working just like I was before. And Greg Ernst asked a really good question that actually has been something I've been thinking about for a while here to try to improve my production efficiency, uh, which is whether or not I'm working off of a teleprompter or cue cards or if I am just going off the seat of my pants, as he uh, says in the note there. And the answer is, it is by the seat of my pants right now. However, I'm not so good that I can talk for 30 minutes without having to stop. So uh, what I do typically is I shoot uh, each uh, part of this in a little segment and then I piece them together in editing. But I don't believe in jump cuts, so that's why it looks like I never stop talking. But uh, in reality, this 20-minute thing uh, usually takes me about two, two and a half hours to shoot, depending on uh, how well my words are coming out of my mouth. And sometimes they don't come out so great, and I have to do a, a portion over again and again and again until I'm satisfied with how well it works. I have thought about uh, using a teleprompter. I actually have some teleprompters that work with, with tablets and with phones, but I, I found them to be really difficult to get working properly, and I was uh, finding it was difficult to get the timing right on it, and I was struggling more with the teleprompter than I was with actually just talking. So I've been uh, training myself to be a better talker uh, off the cuff versus actually going out and writing stuff ahead of time. I might start intermixing some teleprompters with, uh, with my regular uh, shtick, but at this point, I'm just going off the cuff just because it's easier in my current workflow. I think if I had somebody here who could run the teleprompter while I was talking, uh, that might allow me to uh, get a little more efficiency on the shooting side of things. But uh, sometimes I'm actually spending a lot of time in this chair here trying to get something just right. And sometimes I just have to start saying it over and over again until I can feel exactly how I want to deliver the message. So there is definitely a lot of time invested in this thing. And I think I might be able to make it a little better with a teleprompter. But I do fear that I might lose some spontaneity in the process. And what I've typically found that when I have tried teleprompters in the past is that I'll start going on script and then I immediately go off script and start doing my tangents and get lost. And it gets really crazy. So, um, so far, we're just going to stick with what I'm doing now. But it is something I'm considering for the future because it might uh, make my workflow a little faster. It's really hard to do that, though, with the product reviews because I'm often looking down at the product. So to look down at the product and then go back to the camera, I'll certainly lose my place.
place. So I'm, I'm probably going to keep those as spontaneous things, but the wrap-up might uh, see a little teleprompter mixed in here or there. And now it's time for a Q&A for you. And I'm curious this week about Instagram. All the cool kids are doing Instagram. I haven't found a real good use for it for me, but I think I should probably be doing more with it. So I would love to uh, hear your thoughts on how I should use Instagram uh, down in the comment section below, or maybe I should just forget about it altogether. I did set up a lon.tv Instagram account. So if you search for me, you should be able to find me on there. And I'm just curious what you'd like to see from Instagram and what maybe some of your other favorite YouTubers are doing with it that you like. Now it's time for our channel of the week. And this week, I'd like to focus on Leonard French, the copyright attorney. Now, th- these things tend to go on for a while. It's just him talking, but um, he covers a lot of copyright law as it relates to online content creators and some other related things too that come up from time to time. He's looked at uh, lawsuits over product reviews, for example, and uh, some things that I found to be really interesting. So definitely check him out if you are uh, into the law as it relates to content creation. Right now he's uh, representing um, some game uh, folks who are getting uh, takedown notices and lawsuits by a, a person that made game music. So what's happening here is this person that created the game music is coming after everyone who reviewed the game. Uh, it's become a big deal, and he's been representing some people on that and talking about his experiences with that case, but he's done a bunch of other stuff uh, that you might find of interest. So definitely check out Leonard French, the copyright attorney for our channel of the week. So this week, I've got some things planned. We're going to probably do a, a short recap of my experience at the Motorola event, so you can see at least something that I shot while I was there. So be on the lookout for that. If they give us any review items, I'll be uh, reviewing those as well. I am finally going to get to this camcorder this week, the Canon camcorder that I've talked about the last three weeks. I think I, it's probably going to get shot tomorrow, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, we're also going to be taking a look at that Sling Studio a little later in the week also. Uh, this is one of those items that takes a lot of setup to do re- reviews properly for because there's a lot of things I have to connect to it. I got to think about all the different ways this product works. There's a lot of depth to this, but I want to keep it at a reasonable length. So I've been thinking a lot about how to present this to you. So you can check out that full review coming up. It'll be a lot quicker than the uh, hour and so that I did on the live stream with it. We're also going to have a third update in that DVR series. So be on the lookout for that. I think I'm also this week, by the way, getting in a uh, Lenovo laptop. It's a new um, laptop. It's a 720 IdeaPad, I think, which is uh, going to be the laptop version of the Yoga 720. It has a Thunderbolt port on it. It also has a GPU, which the 720 Yoga did not have. I think I'll be getting that uh, later in the week, so be on the lookout for that. Now, if you want to help the channel, you can. You can go to lon.tv slash Patreon and make a monthly contribution to the channel. We also have my tip jar at lon.tv slash tip jar. In addition to all of those things, we have Venmo, too, so you can make a one-time contribution over at Venmo if you're outside the United States. And, of course, our ongoing uh, relationship with Plex. We have an affiliate program set up, so if you just sign up for a Plex account, the free account, no credit card required, we get a small commission for that. Also, if you gift a Plex Pass to somebody else, you can do it down there, and uh, we get a commission for that, too. So definitely do that if you want to explore Plex. And my one-man media empire is continuing to grow, so we've got our extras channel at lon.tv slash extras. The podcast that I mentioned earlier is at lon.tv slash podcast. 
You can find the Snippets channel where portions of this and other videos get broken out for better search results. So that is on the Snippets channel at lon.tv slash snippets. And of course, we have the live streams that you can find at lon.tv slash live streams. And we'll be doing more, of course, in the future. And I do suggest if you like what I do to click on that notification bell and get notifications whenever I post or go live, you can get those delivered via a push notification or an email. Uh, so it's one way to keep in touch with me on different stuff. And of course, we have the email list at lon.tv slash email. I hope to get an email out this week. It's one of the things I plan to do on the train trip uh, back and forth to New York. We have the Facebook page at lon.tv slash Facebook, where I'm pretty active throughout the week. And of course, the store where I sell used items that I reviewed here on the channel at a discount over the new price. So definitely check that out. They are one-off items though. It's the item that I actually had on the table reviewing here. So I will be uh, hopefully maybe next weekend going through and finding some more stuff to put on there. My uh, pile of stuff is getting larger once again. If you want to be notified whenever I do update the store, go to lon.tv slash store alert and you'll get an email, which I will send out every time I change the store or lower prices. So that's going to do it for this week's weekly wrap up. I want to thank all of you for the time that you give me uh, throughout the week to watch all the stuff that I'm putting up online. Please definitely keep those questions and comments coming, especially on the DVR series. I want to make it as comprehensive as possible. One thing I'm toying with is is a series of videos just kind of detailing uh, each component of setting this thing up properly that I think might be useful. So that's another area that I'm uh, thinking about going into with this. I'll put it here, maybe upload it to Amazon also as a standalone series. People can step through every aspect of this cord cutting thing, including uh, how to network your devices together, how you might use Mocha, for example, as a network extension. All of those things I'm thinking about uh, doing as a very long-form project. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that as well. So again, that'll do it for this week. This is Lon Seidman, and thank you for watching. This channel is brought to you by my Patreon supporters, including Gold Level supporter Cody Falk. If you want to help the channel, you can by contributing as little as a dollar a month. Head over to lon.tv slash Patreon to learn more. And don't forget to subscribe. Visit lon.tv slash s.